Welcome into the Dead Arm Sports Podcast, coming at you live on a Wednesday with Joe and Josh. Live on a Wednesday! You gotta start it off like that when we're recording on Wednesday. You're listening to us on Thursday. Hump day! Hump day indeed. <laughs> we have an absolutely jam-packed episode for you, so jam-packed that tomorrow's episode is also going to be jam-packed. So we're going <laughs> to dive into quite a bit of NFL news. We came to you yesterday with the huge quarterback news. Speaking of, really quick, speaking of jam-packed, do you have a favorite flavor jelly for your PB&Js? Oh, it's it's got to be strawberry. I'm a that's, strawberry That's what guy. I'm thinking, too. I, I, I like the... There's, there's times... When I like just the classic grape, but, and I've like, but I, I think the, you know, going with strawberry, that's gotta be it. <laughs> yes. That's the goat of jellies and jams for that, sure. That, that, and if you've ever had Door County cherry, cherry yes. jelly on toast, like on like a thick, on like a thick, uh, slice of like whole, or, uh, like 12 grain toast, wheat toast, bam. Oh yeah. <laughs> Jam packed is right. Cream in your shorts. <laughs> creamy or chunky peanut butter let's okay moving on <laughs> yeah we're gonna finish off some of the nfl news we're gonna get into all of the franchise tags that did or did not happen with some of the players and it is the players week speaking of players so we're gonna finish out with golf and give you our picks for who is winning the tournament this week before we get into this jam-packed episode though gel do you have that quick question of the day for you this one, I was kind of just stumbling through, and I was like, you know what? This this might be interesting, but hopefully we don't have the same one. But what is your favorite app on your phone? Wow. Um, I mean, I... Uh, shoot. <laughs> During baseball season, I, you know, I frequent the MLB at-bat app, or I think it's just called the MLB app now or something uh i use that a lot to keep up with a number of teams and you know get a bunch of news obviously use it for when i need to watch games on the road through mlb tv uh i love that and then um no i don't know i that's kind of a hard one yeah <laughs> i mean in terms of like apps that i use the most i don't know i'm i'm, I'm i mean let me kick it over to you and i'll try to think of uh kind of what you know, ones that I use for fun, I guess. Yeah, my two day-to-day ones that I use and probably my favorite apps just because I use them so much are Twitter, just catching up on any sort of news. You can pretty much follow whoever you want on there and just kind of something to do in my free time. And then anybody that's a fantasy football player out there, hashtag not a sponsor, but the Sleeper app is absolutely fantastic. Nice. and. They are the absolute quickest to send you any sort of news. I'm sure, Jell, you've got yours turned on, and literally the last two days, oh, it's yeah. been just blowing up. Bang, and bang, bang, yes, bang. Just absolute crazy. So you're literally like the first to know anything. So during the fantasy football season, absolute must-have, especially if you're in leagues that don't have waiver wire running daily and you can pick up players on the fly that that's the app to have for sure yeah and it's it's also not like this is like why i actually really don't like the espn app is because you get so many notifications that are like super interesting articles to read and then it's for espn plus subscribers only which (laughs) i'm not so i'm like get pumped to read it and then i click on it and nope yeah shut down uh, i don't know one okay so for anybody that owns a dog uh any any dog walkers out there or just any any walkers in general uh there's an app called woof tracks w-o-f-f-t-r-a-x i love it because every mile so you have to tr- click uh you know start your to start your walk and every mile that you walk a certain dollar amount or it's it's generally ranges from 10 cents to 25 cents but every mile that you walk gets tracked and then a per and then a, a certain dollar amount per mile gets donated to the charity or the dog sh- or the pet shelter of your choosing very cool so I have it tied to uh you know where I got my dog Sonny I have it tied to the shelter that I got him from so it's like it's just I don't know kind of cool and yeah Get lets Easy you keep track. Do. Also lets you keep track, making sure you're not 
slacking big time on your dog <laughs> dog walking too because uh it's like oh shit i've only gone on one walk this week like i need to i better get sunny i better get out there but nice. no it's cool i mean it's it's you know it's a free app and it's an easy they you know they get paid through advertisers and it's a you know again it's free and it's an easy way to you know you're not don it's not like you're donating hundreds of dollars at a time here but it's an easy way to contribute a little bit and support your your local shelters absolutely that's fantastic we can be found at dead arm sports twitter instagram check us out on facebook at dead arm sports if you want to follow us on our individual socials gel can be found at dos gel that's at d-a-s-j-e-l i can be found at dos jpeg that's at d-a-s-j-p-e-c Send us in any questions you have. We guarantee you we will answer them on our next podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite listening platform. Send us in a screenshot of that review. We'll get you some sticker swag sent out in the mail. Gel, what are you taking the edge off with today? What are you sipping on? I don't need to take an edge off today. I'm pumped. <laughs> right. We got all this news, all this all this juicy sports content to get over, so no edge needs to be taken off. But <laughs> I'm enhancing the experience with uh, a little, uh, no, not a blue pill, uh, with a, <laughs> with a uh, nice watered-down Coors Light again. But... For Friday's recording, I've got a I've got a special treat out there, Ooh. so make sure to tune in on for what's uh, what the next one's gonna be. Can't wait! Can't wait! <laughs> <laughs> I am sipping on a Bud Light orange soda seltzer. Gel. Look at you! Yes, took the bait. I did. It's actually pretty solid. I love the orange. That is my favorite. And like you, that have would you be given the Have order. you given them all a try yes. so far? Yep. So I like you though. Orange would probably be the first flavor I would go to out of that grouping. So that's why I think I do like that one the best. So it's just similar, correct? Yeah. Just how you would drink a soda, anyways. Yep. They do taste. They taste like yeah. Soda. They're solid. They really do. But yeah, like you uh, said, they're very very sweet. So just a couple. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, that's gonna be <laughs> <oof>. <laughs> not gonna be hammering those things down. <laughs> no. God, imagine uh, imagine doing a good old fashioned shotgun of one of those. Oh. That would be asking for gut rot. Yes, that immediately. Would absolutely, be a terrible idea. Speaking of terrible ideas, Joe, let's dive right into it. Calvin Ridley is suspended for the 2022 season <laughs> so for gambling. Gambling. He was betting on on his own sport, on his own sport, on his own team. At least he said he took him to win. So. Against, uh, though it was against the Jacksonville Jaguars, I believe. So that uh, yeah, I guess yeah. <laughs> but even so, it was when it first came out. I know in our group text we were like, "Oh man, is this have something to do with why he took time off?" But it was tracked down to later on after he had already left the Falcons. It happened in later on November. He was down in Florida and just throwing some money down a couple three, five, eighteen parlays and. 18 parlay. <laughs> yeah. Like, you deserve to lose your money. <laughs> right. Goodness. <laughs> Just crazy. He lost all three bets as well, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Right. I know. I saw God. a meme out there, like, betting, <laughs> what was it, risking $1,500 or $1, to, I don't know, lose $20 million or something because he's out for the whole season, not getting paid now. $11 million, 11 million total. Yeah. That was his salary this season. $11 mil. So Just nuts. But essentially, it got tracked down. The NFL had partnered with a company that is pretty much just tracking any player's names and letting the NFL know if they see any activity come on up for betting. Betting is not legal in football by any of the players and coaches, staff, so... It's yeah. not legal in the state of Georgia either. Or Florida. I don't know if he was in Georgia <laughs> at the time of the bet being placed, but if he was in Georgia, he's also betting across state lines, which is, that's illegal. So, I don't know. The, the, the best part of, I'm, or I'll, I'll let you finish here if you had, <laughs> that if you was, had anything else to. That was pretty much all that I had with that. So, it's definitely a huge hit to Atlanta. They were out within, out. <laughs> they didn't have him for a good chunk of the season last year and obviously showed in that offense. Kyle Pitts was pretty much their whole team along with Cordy P, but taking another huge hit this year, and it'll be interesting to see if 
this what this relationship with Atlanta is like moving forward. It was already rumored that he didn't want to come back to Atlanta, so all well, he's for sure he's not coming sure back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, no, what were you uh, gonna say, Joe? No, I I was just gonna say like okay, a I, I'm just gonna go on. There's there's multiple levels of stupidity here from Calvin Ridley, from you know from high school on on what any really any level of high school football that you play and and really you know any team sport or at least any kind of big time sport from high school on you get there's notices in the you know in the forms that you sign there's signage on the in the locker rooms from high school and on and even in college every year from what i've heard every year there's one or two members of the FBI that will go into the locker rooms of some of these really big schools like Alabama, like your Oklahoma's that will set, like basically break down. Like, look, if you like a gambling's illegal, you can't do it on your own sport. And the reason for that is because you place one bet you can't, and and again, NCAA kids, they can't go, it's not like they can go get a job and make any money, at least at the time when Calvin was in, uh, was in college, you couldn't go get a job to pay off your debts. So then these book, you know, you start, you know, racking up debts that you can't pay off, and then this is, this is, a lot of times this is when games can get thrown, where the book, you'll say, hey man, throw this game I'll I'll you know that'll cover all your losses because that bookie's gonna end up making you know he'll end up cleaning up from all the other people that place bets on on that game so like the FBI comes into Alabama every year and tells these kinds of you know horror stories and it's again it's clearly written throughout the locker room and all the paperwork that you have to sign the waivers all that stuff that you cannot do it. And then he gets to the NFL. It's included in the rookie uh what's the uh symposium, I think that's what they call it, where it's, you know, all the all the all the new rookies to the league come in and kind of get, you know, a a quick, you know, like a crash right course on finance like orientation rules of the league. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, a nice PowerPoint. <laughs> oh god. On all that, you know, what happens if, you know, you, you're going to have temptations with you know, family members wanting money, you know, how to handle your finances, how to handle your business, how to handle, you know, if you have run-ins with veterans on the team, if there's hazing, all that kind of stuff. And they and they go over the temptations of betting. You're going to have, you're, there's a good chance you're going to have people, if you go to Vegas, there's going to be bookies in there that are going to say, look, man, you know, I can I can be your full-time bookie no matter where you are, knowing that for that guy... That you know, if if you got Calvin Ridley kind of repping your your brand yourself, whatever, that's gonna bring it. That's just gonna bring attention to you as a bookie or your company. It's it's the same with any celebrity, uh, you know, celebrity presence amongst a company. They go over all this from in the rookie symposium, and then again, every year, FBI comes and some member or members of the FBI come and talk to each NFL team every year about this is not allowed. Even though the NFL is now in bed with DraftKings, with Vegas, obviously they're embracing Las Vegas and embracing gambling by moving the Raiders there. So it's, it's, and he knows Calvin knows every player knows they can't do this. I mean, He's heard of Pete Rose, right? <laughs> like, like, I don't get, I don't yeah. get why you would risk this, why you would do this, and if he was in a bad place mentally, that doesn't mean that that's an excuse to act like an idiot. If he's in a, you know, if he's in a weak spot right now, that's no excuse to act like an idiot. It's the same kind of thing we were saying about Antonio Brown, like. Yeah, he was having lapses in mental, you know, mental lapses in judgment, that kind of stuff. But that doesn't mean you that's an excuse for you to act like a jackass. Same thing here with Calvin. He's obviously not, you know, going through the same type of thing as AB where he hasn't gotten violent or anything like that. But he's just just a lapse in judgment. It doesn't 
just because you're going through some shit doesn't mean you can act you can be an idiot do you think he regrets this obviously (laughs) and then on top of that level two to this stupidity he wrote he made he created his own account with all of his own info (laughs) and bet online digitally it's not like he even did it like as a as a cash transaction here or did it through a family member he created and bet on his own account with his own information made it as easy as possible to get this track down like what are we doing yeah no it's absolutely mind-boggling i guess the only thing i wanted to touch on more is you hit the nail on the head with it i don't have anything else to add other than just an absolute bonehead move from him but did you think that this was a fair suspension for him for the full year with this being a first, supposedly first time offense with it? And I mean, to me, I think so, because you have to crack down on this right now. Like you had touched on the NFL's recently partnered up, I believe it started last season or in between last off season and the start of this last season, but they paired up with all of these betting companies. So you need to kind of hit them, just put it to rest right now that, Hey, this happens, you're done for the year. And we've seen suspensions all over the board in the NFL from obviously Adrian Peterson, Ray Rice, some of those that are more in the beat people up and different things like that, where it's not necessarily gambling and hurting others. But did you think that this was a fair suspension for this? I I wouldn't be surprised if it, if this goes beyond a year. Honestly, because they I think that they will reevaluate after this one year. The NFL cannot allow this at all, yeah. especially how much money is going to additional money is going to be starting to pour into the NFL because of this additional betting. The last thing you can have is people questioning the integrity of the game and you know, people are out here, I, I I see this stuff or, you know, where people are saying, you know, well, how, how did uh, Calvin get a full year? Ray Rice only got two games when he was originally suspended. Well, yeah, everybody was upset about how shitty that suspension was. Yeah. So <laughs> we all agree it should have been more. So what do you want them to do? Use the precedent of what we all, you know, the two game suspension is what we should, the same way we should, how we should like... I, deal with the gambling part and the other thing too i mean if (laughs) this is gonna sound kind of shitty but how much did that ray rice thing really impact ratings maybe it it prevent it surely prevented people from you know not putting him out on his fantasy team but did it really drive down ratings i don't i don't i guess i don't know i don't have the figures in front of me but same thing with the adrian peterson suspension did did that really drive down ratings? I don't think so. I mean, I feel like the NFL's only grown since that point. Yeah. This, if you were to allow this to go on, this could actually really impact the NFL bottom line and their revenue. Because if people are thinking this is the like the WWE, I don't know. <laughs> There's a reason that the UFC is way more intriguing to me than WWE. Because UFC isn't scripted. If we think the NFL is scripted... And genuine, and there's proof of it by people, by proof of players tanking games. That's not like that's not what we want. That's and the NFL can't have that. No. So I think it's smart for them to crack down as hard as they did. I guess, like, I guess going just expanding beyond that, we obviously know the Stephen Ross situation on you know with him reported or according to Brian Flores offering him 100k to tank games how does this compare to that Stephen Ross situation in Miami or does it or does it at all I mean I think that's arguably even worse because how long has that been going on for and that's affecting a lot more people than just Calvin Ridley right now I mean if Stephen Ross is doing what Brian Flores is alleging Stephen Ross has to sell that team there's no way he can be an owner in the NFL so I mean, if you're tanking games, look at how many jobs that affects. You've got people that are out there busting their ass trying to win games, keep keep their job going as coaches, and you've got an owner. It's not that just the coaches too; to it's players. the players too. Yeah. So no, that I mean, they're 
both obviously should not be happening, but Steven Ross, I mean, that, if that ends up being proven, and then you just wonder how many other times has this gone on? We've already seen, was it, um, Hugh Jackson coming out about Cleveland Browns, so. Right. I mean, it's, it probably has happened, but there's no documentation, at least to this point, so it'll be interesting to see what does come of that situation. Yeah, we'll see. I guess I have one more, one last thing to regarding this Falcons deal. Uh, I guess the Calvin deal, and let's jump over to fantasy real quick. How do you see this affecting Kyle Pitts? I mean, we saw we he, he's now going to be the de facto number one, uh, I guess pass catcher in Atlanta. Do you see that as a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, it, I know it sounds weird to say that this could be a bad thing, given that what other targets are out there, but that also means that he may be facing double coverage all game, every game. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. Obviously Atlanta is going to have to address the wide receiver position, whether that's in the draft and essentially using a first, second round pick on a wide receiver and just kind of transitioning away from Calvin Ridley. Like I had touched on, it didn't sound like Calvin really wanted to be back with Atlanta. So he was kind of even a trade target for some teams this offseason trying to get him over to their team. But or yeah, there they were hit- reports too, like you said, that there there were a couple there were multiple teams that called on his availability and they said they turned up they turned those teams away apparently in good faith because they knew something was was gonna come down with Ridley. So that's actually that's a great move by Arthur Blank to shut those down and not try to fleece those teams yeah, because absolutely you know that would have been long-term bad for <laughs> any nobody was nobody would ever do deals with atlanta anymore yep. if that were you know if that were the case agents would be pissed too so who knows who would even want to sign with atlanta yep. but no i cal pitts is still gonna be a great tight end had a great year this last year without calvin ridley for a good chunk of the year and even with matt ryan towards the end of his career so I think he'll be fine. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Speaking of noodle arms, Joe, Carson Wentz is headed to the Commanders. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the good old Commanders feel like it's a, they're, you know, I'm playing the video games. Do you think they're going to give out like free command hooks at every game? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if the command hook does not sponsor them, they're doing something wrong. Right. We had just touched on, if you want... Command Hook Stadium. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> we had just touched on Carson Wentz yesterday from a listener question, and then all of a sudden got the news today that he was getting shipped over to the Commanders. Carson Wentz and a second-round pick are heading over to the Commanders. Washington sending back a third-round pick and a third-round pick in 2023 that is conditional. And it's funny, it's the exact same condition that Philly put on Carson Wentz's second-round pick that ended up turning into a first-round pick this last year. And that, that is, is awesome. that he has to play 70% of the snaps this next season, and that turns into a second-round pick. So the second-round picks... So I saw, I saw a second and two-thirds, but one of those thirds is the... They are swapping second picks, second-round picks. So I believe okay, one yeah, has okay. pick 42, the other has 47, so the Colts are moving up to 42 in Washington. So they're up, back so to Colts are getting... Or Washington's getting... Wentz moving down five spots. Colts are moving up five spots. And two third round picks with potential a, for two thirds and one can turn into a conditional. A yep. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. And one is conditional that could turn into a second. The biggest thing I think for me is the fact that Washington is eating all of Wentz's salary. They're paying his entire salary this next year. So the Colts have him completely off of the books, which. We thought that contract is pretty much immovable. He's still playing on his what the extension that Philly gave him back. The Super well, I think Bowl I, th- year. I think that it was I think it was easier for Indy to do it because I think Philly is still the team that's suffering with dead cap money from him. So I think it might have been easier for the Colts to move it because they're I think their entire cap number was tied directly to just you know, just his salary, not anything additional that Philly gave him. So I think Philly is still, still maybe the one getting screwed here by, <laughs> by the Wentz deal, which is, which is nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm looking at, I'm looking at Indy now they're going their next season. And Darius Leonard tweeted this out that he's a little upset here. He's been in the league for five years or he's going on his fifth year and he's going to have his fifth starting quarterback since he entered the league. Scott Tolzien 
Heyo yeah, in 2017. Yeah, that was hurt to start off the season. Uh, Tolzien, Brissett. Luck was in there one of the years. Rivers. It was Tolzien, Brissett, Rivers. Uh, maybe maybe 2017 was Luck. Yep. And then so Wentz and Tolzien and Luck, I guess. <laughs> uh, Tolzien and Luck, Rivers, Wentz, and now they're going to have another one this year. Like, this is, this is not how you go and make playoff runs you have to have some sort of continuity and the quarterback position is obviously the most important position on the field so now what i mean there's now rumors or there's you know i guess kind of the assumption that the colts are probably going to start looking into jimmy g another bridge quarterback here that uh, that is probably going to be a one-year solution because he's only got one year left on his deal and he's coming off of a shoulder a shoulder surgery too where he's what? What'd you say? It was gonna be mid June till he could throw I think, again or I something. July. Yeah. So, like so right at the start of camp, kind that's of. Right, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was a four month deal. So you're so now that's gonna be your fifth quarterback in five years for again for Darius Garland or uh, Darius Leonard. That could be his. Uh, if Jimmy G's only a one year guy, that's gonna be six and six years. Like <laughs> I, I don't know. Quarterback is one position where you need that stability, and I guess if you don't have the guy, you don't have the guy, but. Shit, man. Like, it's, it's, you can't just freaking cute. We're excited about the QB carousel this week. But if, but you don't want that QB carousel on your own team. <laughs> like, come on. So, the, I don't know. The I was down with the Colts making this move at the time from Philly. They had to do something. They had to try something. And I'm just as down with Washington doing this too, because obviously this this is an upgrade from Heineken, no doubt. I I think, but but is is I guess, and but I think Wentz is only on the books for one more season. So yeah. if he looks just as bad, then Washington can at least move off of him. I also wonder, does Wentz go into this thinking? shit, I'm going to be another bridge quarterback and Washington goes and takes a guy like Malik Willis, like Matt Corral in the first round, pick 11, and Wentz is again a bridge quarterback. Honestly, I think that's the point in Wentz's career right now. He is a bridge quarterback until he can prove otherwise, and I think he's just going to keep bouncing around. Maybe he'll get a two-year deal at some point in time, but I don't know. Going um, with Washington, question for you. Carson Wentz, is he really that much of an upgrade over Taylor Heineke when you're looking at that salary cap and what Washington needs? I mean, do you really see them winning more games than what his salary is worth compared to what you're paying Taylor Heineke? If I'm going to pay position, pay one position a ton of money, it's going to be quarterback. I mean, yeah, they, they have some holes in that secondary and in that offensive line that they could fill and probably need another receiver. But I'm Washington's been trying to figure out this quarterback thing since Kirk Cousins, I guess. And they were obviously never sold on Cousins. Yeah. They never even they never really gave him a super serious offer. They thought they had a guy in RG3 until he blew out his ACL twice over, you know, a 10 yeah, month span or whatever. <laughs> and and then they were never sold on Cousins. So they've been trying. Shoot, even before that, they they even tried out Donovan McNabb. They tried that for a year. Like, <laughs> That's right. They haven't settled on a quarterback that. in so long. And I don't I think I don't know if they think Wentz is gonna be our quarterback for the next six to eight years. I kinda if they if that's what they're thinking, they are sadly mistaken. But I I don't know. I mean Wentz is still a big relatively big he's not the most he's not the smartest decision maker he does clam up in crunch time but i think he's an upgrade over heineke i mean at least Wentz has the ability to throw down the throw the ball down the field he's a lot bigger than heineke so i think he's just a more you know he was a number two pick for a reason because at least you know body type wise is strong just a big dude he's if he can get over being reckless especially in his own, you know, within his own 10 yard line or when they're trying, when the, I guess now the commanders are in the red zone. If he can clean some of that stuff up, I think he's serviceable. I think he's, I think that, I just think that there's more upside 
available in Wentz than there is in Heineke. Heineke, we know what he is. Yeah. He's he's a Trubisky type of player where I think Wentz provides at least a little bit more upside, and I'm I'm willing to give up a, a second and a third for to take a chance on Wentz or or two thirds really potentially could be a second. That's 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 a risk worth taking for me. Yeah. Is he uh, known as Commander Wentz now? Is that what we're rolling with? <laughs> Command Hook Wentz. <laughs> Command Hook Wentz. Commander Carson. Commander what do you? Okay, so what do you? Th- I'm gonna. I, I guess one more fantasy question for you while we're while we've uh, got that topic up. Uh, what do you do with Terry McLaurin now? I mean, is he wide receiver two status here? I mean, last year he he severely underperformed, but I think. That may have to do with the fact that Heineke's limited. Terry's talent is obvious, but if he, you know, he just kind of has to have the right guy thrown in the ball. Is Wentz that right guy? How do you compare Wentz to when Alex Smith was in, was in Washington? I mean, they're, Alex Smith is clearly a way smarter player, but I would say they have pretty similar athleticism, pretty similar arm strength. It just comes down to Wentz making the mistakes that Alex Smith wouldn't. Yeah. No, Wentz definitely is an upgrade in regards to fantasy for Terry McLaurin. I see Terry McLaurin probably just going back to the years that he had prior to this last year. I think last year is going to be an anomaly there. He just, for whatever reason, wasn't finding the end zone, just not getting the yards and... He's a lot better player than that, but I don't see all of a sudden career years from him matching up with Carson Wentz. So I'm not <laughs> drafting him to be, I mean, he'd probably be a borderline wide receiver. He's probably middle of the pack wide receiver too. I would think more. Where would you, okay. So where would you, where do you think, how do you think he stacks up with like, so you've got Michael Pittman's performance from 2021 vastly improved from 2020. Yeah. How do you see Terry's 2022 in comparison to Pittman's 2021. I feel like that's probably pretty similar. And Pittman yeah. was a Pittman serviceable nice number two, especially late in the season. Year, yeah. And Pittman took that nice second year leap. Terry's been in the league a little bit longer there. I think you'll probably see more, I don't know, I guess more consistency from Terry this year, I would think, as opposed to last year, years prior with that. But I don't know. Still not the quarterback that you want to see go to there to get Terry McLaurin to that wide receiver one status that his talent is. But, yeah, I'd, I'd be comfortable. Lying. If I had a solid wide receiver one, I'd be fine putting Terry in as a wide receiver two in my lineup. I think I'm right there with you. Middle of the pack wide receiver two type yep. with with a, with more upside, I think, than some of your other wide receiver twos that are out there. Yep. <laughs> Another wide receiver that is going to be interesting and is looking for a new home, supposedly. Amari Cooper is expected to get cut by the Dallas Cowboys. They're in kind of cap hell after throwing out some big contracts the last few years. Dak got paid and... Morons. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott. Not the Dak part. Ezekiel Elliott Zeke. got paid. So Amari Cooper is the odd man out. They've got C.D. Lamb there, and C.D. Lamb should take that nice jump. And I'm excited for him for fantasy prospects the next couple of years it's been rumored that what uh michael gallup they're trying to work out a long-term deal with him so it sounds like gallup is going to possibly be returning to the cowboys nothing official there but it sounds like both sides are motivated to get a deal done but do you see this change in the nfc east landscape at all is dallas still the team to beat here i mean this is a this is a huge loss mari cooper is only 27 right now which it seems crazy because it seems like he's been in the league for 10 years doesn't it (laughs) yeah what do you what do you think of this you know whoever zeke's first off whoever zeke's agent is is an absolute mastermind zeke like if zeke's contract was actually cuttable the Cowboys could totally let him go. He's a $38 million cap hit this season. He's not cuttable. So whoever his agent is, like, you know, hats off to him. But uh, <laughs> I, I've, you know, they're they're going to lose. So if they're losing Amari Cooper, that puts Lamb again up into that wide receiver one spot. He had one catch in that playoff game against the Niners. That's a, that's a little bit of a red flag. Yeah, I can see him taking a leap in terms of his regular season stats, but... 
I don't know. I, I mean, Lamb eventually was going to be that wide receiver one in Dallas. That's why they took him in the first round in the top 20 there. But I'm kind of nervous about Lamb right now as a, as if you're con- if you're trying to contend to contend for a Super Bowl. <laughs> I'd be nervous about CeeDee Lamb being my one and Gallup being my two. Cedric Wilson as my three. Yeah, Cedric Wilson did ball out and I think he showed he can be a wide receiver three, but one of those guys goes down, Gallup coming off an ACL. I mean, what if that thing isn't 100 or, you know, what if it's weakened a little bit and it doesn't come he doesn't come back 100% to the same guy that he was? And he gets and he gets bent up again. That knee gets bent up again, and then you have to then you have no choice but to move Cedric Wilson up to your number two spot. Or if Lamb goes down, Gallup becomes your number one. That's not you know they're they're Jerry wants to win a title, obviously, and I don't know. I'd be nervous about letting go of Cooper, who yeah he's checked out in a number of games, especially if he's not getting the ball early. And that's that's a that's a him problem. That's a that's a maturity issue, a, a mental strength issue, where you know, I'd be. I mean, if I'm Jerry, I'm pissed at Cooper. But do I nec- like? Because a unvaccinated. B I'm paying him twenty million a year, and I took a I took a big chance on him by giving away a first rounder for him, and giving him a hundred million dollar contract. And you and he's going out here and you know quitting on plays. I remember two years ago when they were trying to fight for a higher playoff seed. He was nowhere to be found in the fourth quarter of that week 17 game. He was just standing on the sidelines. If he, I mean, is he just checking out? So, yeah, I'd be pissed if I was Jerry, if I was Stephen Jones. And But at the same time, I mean, you're losing a lot of depth. And when Cooper's on the field, he's a pretty solid talent. He's pretty productive. There's a big, that's a big drop off moving and big drop off moving, you know, lamb up from that number two to a number one. We saw the, we saw the huge immediate difference with the Rams. Once Odell was out in the Super Bowl, yeah. that's how important that wide receiver depth is and having a true number two. If you could throw Amari Cooper and keep CD lamb as that number two, that's, that's up there with the best, one of the best one, two combos, especially in the NFC at receiver, yeah. if not the best given that the Rams aren't going to be with Odell until probably mid-season if they keep him. So I think it's a big risk for the Cowboys to do this. And, you know, with with Washington making this move for for uh, Carson Wentz, they made the, playoff, the playoffs two years ago. They're obviously still loaded with that defensive front seven. Cowboys' offensive line is getting older. I mean, they could be making a run for the division. Philly made the playoffs last year. I mean, I don't know how seriously you need to take them when it comes to winning the division, but they were, they did make the playoffs in this, you know, this now 17 playoff with this move. I don't know if this, you know, we've, we've thought over the last couple of years, you know, just chalk it up. If everybody on Dallas can stay healthy, chalk it up. They're winning the division, but shit, if they, if they lose a receiver, they're in huge trouble offensively. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting, too, because the Cowboys are not afraid to do something out of the box and draft a first-round wide receiver. We saw that with C.D. Lamb, and everybody's like, wait, what? They've already got Amari Cooper? <laughs> so maybe that's what they're thinking of doing here and getting somebody that has quite a bit of talent and putting them in at a wide receiver, too. You can keep C.D. Lamb in that wide receiver one spot, keep Gallup in that third spot. So I guess we'll have to see on that front. But, yeah, I mean, this – will be very interesting. Like you had touched on, CeeDee Lamb did struggle at times last year when Cooper was out with when he was unvaccinated and missed a game. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully Lamb can prove that he should be wearing that number 88 for the Cowboys. <laughs> right. See, I mean, Drew Pearson, Michael Irvin, Dez. CeeDee Lamb's supposed to be the next guy to wear 88 for the Cowboys and, and live up to those three guys' you know, status. So, got it. I mean, he's in year three. Time to do it. Time to show up. Somebody else that got released, Bobby Wagner, Seahawks great and been with the team for the last 10 seasons. Seahawks are cutting somebody else, saving $16.6 million on the cap. So, looks like they're trying to get into rebuild mode for now. It's been rumored. I mean, it makes sense. He's, he's, He's in his 30s. 
I, I mean, I think he's 31. Still probably got a uh, but couple he, years you know, left, but... Yeah, so, but still, you know, aging linebacker at that kind of money, and just the, the status of that team, where they are in terms of, you know, immediately contending, I think it makes sense. And again, that money, that's a lot of money. So being able to save that, and, and hopefully then being able to re... You know, fortify that offensive line. I mean, Dwayne Brown, I believe that le- their left tackle is either a free agent or has one year left on his deal. So you'd obviously, if you're trying to bring in a, if you want to try to bring in a young quarterback, or if they're going to go balls to the walls and shoot for the stars for Deshaun Watson, you got to protect whoever you're, whoever else you're bringing in. So you got to re- make sure that offensive line is right and and just get younger on defense. I mean, the Legion of Boom when they were dominant. It wasn't a bunch of old veterans. It was a. It was all young dudes. Yeah. I mean, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman, all early on in their careers. Bobby Wagner, shit, that was when he was in. You know, young in his career, they nailed that draft. By the way, they got Bobby Wagner and Russell Wilson in that draft. That's insane, and that's that's studly. Kind of kind of funny how they both go out at the same within time. Two days. But <laughs> kind of a you know total, complete end of an era for the Seahawks, yeah. but outside of Pete Carroll, I guess. But um, no, I, I'm not surprised. It, it kind of makes sense where the Seahawks are at right now. Yeah, two guys that were going to be getting franchise tagged and kept with their teams. Harold Landry ends up getting a five-year, eighty-seven and a half million dollar deal outside linebacker for Tennessee. So got a nice young linebacker that's a key integral part of their defense locked up for the future. The bigger story, I think, is. Chargers bringing back Mike Williams, three years, 60 million, 40 million guaranteed. So obviously had a fantastic season last year. The potential's always been there. His biggest thing, he just could not stay healthy to save his life. But getting paid, and it's kind of setting the wide receiver market up for a lot better spot than they were in last year. We saw a lot of wide receivers last year taking a one-year deal, signing that franchise tag if they got tagged, because that was more money than the they were going to be getting on the open market. So if I'm a wide receiver, I like the start of this, at least heading into free agency next week. Well, knowing that Mike Williams, who, like you said, struggles, absolute freak when he's on the field, but has definitely very well documented that he very well documented that he struggled to stay on the field. Uh, just, just through injuries, there must be something in that in that Chargers water because Keenan Allen also has he's got <laughs> le- he's having less injury issues now uh, than he did when he was younger. But uh, just two kind of you know two what have been injury prone receivers in I almost said San Diego uh, in L A. But no, I I don't know I you don't know if this is hopefully for the Chargers' sake this is a little bit more incentive laden but you got the 40 million guaranteed i guess so that means i guess maybe it isn't yeah <laughs> but you know again if he can stay on the field that's big time but man if mike williams is getting 20 mil how much is i know Devonte just got that franchise tag but if they're talking a long-term deal with Devonte adams imagine what he's gonna be expecting to get what do you think odell's gonna be going for i mean he's coming off that acl yeah. but if he can show that he's Strong off that ACL, he signs a one-year deal with LA or something. I mean, he could get paid. Cooper Cup's due for a deal for probably a raise here, given his last uh, season. Allen Robinson, he didn't get tagged for a second time, so he's out there. He probably doesn't deserve Mike Williams type of money, oh. but he's gonna get in the teens, up potentially in the upper teens. So. Mike Williams, man, he's not getting just himself paid. He's getting every receiver in the league paid. Yes. You touched on Devontae Adams did get franchise tagged along with Chris Godwin, which Chris Godwin's coming off of the ACL getting tagged for back-to-back seasons. A couple other guys, Cam Robinson of Jacksonville, offensive lineman, Orlando Brown, the huge pickup from Kansas City last year that they had traded with Baltimore gets the tag this year. Jesse Bates, free agent or uh, free safety from Cincinnati, not a free agent. Not a free agent anymore. Not a free agent anymore. Then a handful of tight ends, Mike Kosicki, Dalton Schultz. And then the one I was kind of surprised with is David Njoku. They've got Harrison Bryant there in Cleveland and had Austin Hooper and it's kind of a cluster there. And they've never, David Njoku, there's no question about his talent, but Cleveland's never utilized that at all. And I was just kind of surprised that they tagged him. I don't know, were you? 
for me, it means that Austin Hooper's out. Yeah, he's got he's to be. be the odd man out here. I, and Harrison Bryant can move into that, you know, a true, I guess, you know, maybe maybe Cleveland wants to go kind of move into that. They, they might as well embrace that same model that the Patriots did when they had Aaron Hernandez and Gronk and just be very power run, power offense oriented little bit old school, but with a quarterback like Baker Mayfield, who's not incredibly dynamic, there's nothing wrong going old school. Stefanski is kind of an old school coach. I mean, we saw him when he was calling the plays in Minnesota. It was, you know, immobile Kirk Cousins, a dynamic back in Dalvin Cook. And Kyle Rudolph was, that was when Kyle Rudolph was at his best as well. Bring that same type of, you know, obviously you want to bring that same scheme over to the Browns and they've kind of run that same scheme with with a dynamic running back two dynamic running backs really in Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt and then just have the power tight ends and nothing wrong with a little power football it's and especially in the AFC North we're kind of seeing how having a really dynamic outside receiver in Odell that didn't really work no. so why don't we pivot into just embracing this power game have hopefully bring back a you know, if they're going to bring back Jarvis Landry, I'm fine with it. Not just a possession guy. It'd be nice if they could add in one, you know, maybe kind of a, I don't know. Do you, do you want to go like Sammy Watkins type where, you know, just big, tall vertical receiver, or is that kind of going to waste here? They just, they definitely need to bring in a second guy. I'd rather have Donovan Peoples Jones as my third Your receiver boy. than than being a wide receiver too. <laughs> Shadow, <laughs> DPJ. Yeah, no, they definitely do, but I almost think I that know they're I just gonna... rambled there, so I just threw like four things <laughs> yeah, no. at you. So take it wherever you want. Yeah, no, I as far as the wide receiver position goes, there, I think they're going to have to address that in the draft because right now you've got Baker Mayfield as that starting quarterback. If I'm a free agent wide receiver. Do you really want to go to Cleveland right now with Baker there? And then do you have a question mark on who's even going to be there quarterback after and you don't this know next how season? Baker's shoulder's going to heal up as well, too. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, if you're just out there for the money and they're throwing a ton at you, then you just take the biggest deal and you go there. But I think if they took somebody in the first round of a draft, that might be a good option for them. Get a Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, something along those lines, and that would be bring great. somebody in. So that's probably how they're gonna end up addressing that. A couple guys that did not get tagged that were a little bit surprising. Chandler Jones. You'd mentioned Allen Robinson, which after the year he had this last year, there's no way that they were gonna tag him and just let him well, walk. They, and, and they tagged him last yeah. this past season too, so he would have. Gone it. I mean, that would have been a huge raise for the second tag. The one that I'm shocked with that didn't get a tag, and I don't know if they have something going where they're thinking that they're going to be able to sign him to an extension is J.C. Jackson, just absolute stud cornerback for that New England defense. That was kind of surprising to me. He's young, and I thought for sure he was a good candidate to get tagged. Yeah, I mean, especially after they let Stephon Gilmore go. They sent him over to Carolina. J.C. Jackson kind of took on that, you know, number one corner role, and he balled out last year. There's no there's no doubting that. So, and Belichick, he's been willing to pay up for some strong corner play. I mean, go back to go back to his early days, Ty Law. We saw how valuable Ty Law was to that dominant Patriots defense back in the early 2000s. And, and and obviously Stefan Gilmore has been a huge piece of that defense over the last, you know, since he came over from Buffalo. So I'm surprised that they let him go. I don't know if he's thinking this is kind of a, you know, this was maybe a flash in the flash in the pan year for JC Jackson, kind of like how uh, that corner that picked off Russell Wilson uh, in the Super Bowl oh, yeah. ended up in Tennessee. Uh, oh, shit. Schnikes. Uh I'll let you think on that. Uh, but that, that was that was kind of the surprise piece for me was that. And then you obviously mentioned Chandler Jones. I kind of I, they also cut uh, they also cut one of their one of their stud, uh, another stud linebacker today. And I just I, I makes me wonder, makes me wonder. Not a good singer. Uh, <laughs> makes me just kind of makes me wonder, are they trying to clear cap space up here in Arizona? Uh getting rid of both Jordan Hicks and not re- or not franchise tagging 
Chandler Jones, are they trying to clear cap space to Malcolm Butler throw the uh, throw at Kyler? Malcolm Butler. Who was it? Malcolm Butler, yeah. So maybe that's what Belichick's thinking with J.C. Jackson is this is another Malcolm Butler deal. Uh, you know, kind of the flash of the pan where, where Malcolm Butler was mostly, you know, not really relevant up until he made that pick for the most part. But I don't know. What do you what do you think? I mean, I mean Chandler Jones and Jordan Hicks both not being, you know, one Hicks being cut and uh, – and Chandler Jones not coming back. Are they trying to clear cap space? Try to get Kyler that deal, let him, so he can stop bitching. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you can give him that deal right now. But they've got a lot of older guys on that roster right now. I mean, JJ Watt, I believe had what two year contract, so he's got some money on the cap this year, and got a couple of wide receivers that are getting older too. I mean, even DeAndre Hopkins is eating up a bit of the cap and everything large amount of cap yeah i don't know that's still a big part of that defense but yeah maybe maybe they're trying to clear cap space there or maybe i mean james connor is not under contract so maybe they're thinking that they're going to go and try to make a splash and bring it in a running back to solidify that or maybe they're clearing cap space to give him more of a long-term deal had a fantastic year last year but i don't know if i'm arizona i'm not biting on kyler right now because he has absolutely no leverage Fun fact for you here, uh, before we get into a little uh, little, little golf talk, uh, Jordan Hicks is a pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals, and the other Jordan Hicks played for the Arizona Cardinals as a linebacker. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Fun fact of the day. Love it. Flamethrower. Can we get a uh, golf swing noise, Joe? Ford! <laughs> <laughs> that was a slice. <laughs> It is the Players' Week. This is arguably one of the most fun tournaments outside of Waste Management and the four majors throughout the year. Absolutely iconic tournament at TPC Sawgrass. Even if you don't know the tournament, you have seen pictures, seen video of that iconic 17th hole, the Island Green. Absolute casualty to a lot of golf balls throughout the (laughs) week and absolutely a great hole to have as the second to last hole too because there can be a lot of carnage in that final round this is one of the biggest tournament purses I believe 20 million dollar purse so it's just it's 20 mil this year the, this is insane. the highest of all time yes so 20 million dollars lots of money on the line there will be a lot of nerves going on sunday weather looks like it is going to be very questionable this week so it could end up being a Monday finish. There's definitely going to be rounds postponed and golfers not being able to finish on that given day. Thunderstorms rolling into the area on Thursday and Friday. So yeah, I'm seeing it's shown right now in in uh, <laughs> was it Palm- Ponte Verde, Florida, something like. I'll that. I'll let you give it. A, I'll let you try. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm I'm I showed a 90 percent chance of rain Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So with that being said. I mean, yes, probably going to be some postponements, some delays, maybe some partial rounds where guys are going to have to come back the next day to finish those rounds. So do you think that that means that it's going to be just most of these top-end players, really high-end players coming through? Or do you think that it means that some of these you know, smaller names are going to be just some of the random guys that we don't really think about all the time are going to come through and, and, and this, this, the weird, potentially weird schedule, weird weather is going to throw off some of the top guys that are out there, you know, just rolling like machines. Yeah. It'll be interesting because obviously with a lot of that weather coming in, the conditions are going to be soft. Guys are going to be able to stick the greens. You're not going to get as much roll out though on fairways. Definitely going to help out anybody on 17. Yes. And it's going to help where just guys that are just straight up bomb, uh, (laughs) bomb ball strikers so it'll be interesting with this tournament and that purse though too man it it would be tough not to have a guy that is well known on the tour has some success i think just with sunday and knowing how much money's on the line nerves are going to be at an all-time high for a lot of these guys so yeah justin thomas was last year's winner Fun fact, Joe, there has never been a back-to-back winner in the history of this tournament. So it's always been somebody different than the year before. 
Yeah, your your top five guys right now, uh, based on the betting lines, uh, John Rom, he's been up there at the top. <laughs> yeah. Of the betting Might lines. Might as well just leave him there. Every week. <laughs> so, Rom at 1,200. You got JT at 1,400 falling in. So, projected right now to finish as the runner-up, according to Vegas. Uh, Morikawa at plus 1,800. And then you got uh, Patrick Cantley, Rory McElroy, and Vic Hovland at plus 2,000. <clears throat> so, obviously, all big names. I'm kind of... <laughs> I've got a little... You know, I hated. I didn't even like reading the name Rory McIlroy. There got a little. <laughs> I've got a little. Uh, so it's a it's a sore up sore subject right now for me. But I mean, do you think that that's an appropriate top? I guess really top six, given that you got Cantley, Rory, and Hovland all tied for at plus two thousand for that that fourth spot. Yeah, I think but so. Rom, JT, Morikow, and then those three. Those are guys that are consistent week in and week out. They're usually at least playing into the weekend. It's rare to see them miss a cut and kind of takes a bad round from them. And a lot of those guys have had success at this tournament. Rory has won the tournament before. Obviously, JT won it last year. So I've got head guys that have had success here. In this field, too, like you touched on, just read off the top five guys, obviously well-known guys, and 48 out of the top 50 golfers in the world are playing in the tournament this week. So I believe the and only ones... And that's Bryson. I know Bryson's Phil, I out. And Phil. Yep. I didn't even know Phil still fell in the top 50. Sure I guess it helps it that he got that major win last year. <laughs> yeah, but No, it's absolute fun tournament like i said with the weather i'm just hopeful that we get to see a lot of golf and it's not one of those that see a couple holes and it starts pouring lightning and they have to clear the course and a couple hour delay that they're showing highlights uh three years ago that like, <laughs> oh i forgot about that guy <laughs> which that's a little that's always a little yeah. bit fun but at the same time like you know just to relive a little bit of that but it's obviously better to see live golf going oh, on consistently 100 percent all right, Joe, you ready to get into our picks? Or do you have anything else you Let want to Let go. All right. <laughs> well, you did steal my pick of Rory last week, which I'm glad I did not burn him last week because he did not do that Looked well. great going, yeah. you know, after round one, seven under, had a happy. two, three shot lead after <laughs> the first round and then just completely pooped his pants. Yes. <laughs> not happy about that. But how this segment works, every week, Joe and I, if you're new to this, we – pick a golfer we started off with the century tournament of champions and we're just keeping track of their score relative to par if your golfer does not make the cut whatever they finished at prior or in that second round that's what score you get we're just kind of keeping a running total once you use a golfer you cannot use them again so trying to strategically pick golfers for tournaments that either they have success at riding a hot streak whatever you want to come up with there and you can't pick the same golfer as your opponent that week so like i said gel had first pick last week he was in last place going into the week and picked rory and that's who i had i was not uh not thrilled about that so hoping to pick your top guy i know you told me you got two guys you're happy riding with this week gel but i am gonna use a big name this week i have kind of been trying to avoid them outside of i use hideki matsuyama on the waste management open so he's probably the biggest golfer i've picked so far this year you threw in you had cantley as well Well, yeah i did have patrick cantley too so yep that's right but i'm gonna go with the guy that has only made one other player's appearance had a t41 finish last year had a final round 66 you had touched on him, Gel, when you're listing off the betting favorites. He came in at number three, and that is Colin Morikawa. That is who I am locking in this week. Fantastic ball striker, and like I had touched on, I think that is going to absolutely help this week. Has had success, major champion, won a couple other tournaments as well, so I don't think the nerves will be affecting him on Sunday and going to lock him in and use him this week. Morikawa is definitely my favorite golfer on tour right now. I just, I, I, it's always fun rooting for these young guys that, you know, come on, they just kind of end up bursting on the scene, which Morikawa has done. I mean, it's, and for any avid golf fan, it's not like he, you know, he's, he was a national champion in college and everything. So it's not like he was a complete unknown here, but a couple years ago when he really burst onto the scene, it's, it, you know, he seems like he's, just a fun dude. I mean, we saw him, uh, I believe it was at the Waste Management when he went out and walked in front of uh, 
Somebody that was teeing oh, off. Oh, it was at uh, the Genesis. JT was teeing J- off, and he's just kind of right, nonchalantly yeah. walking, and he's like, oh, sorry, dude. JT's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, he he goes, looks at JT like, oops. <laughs> so I, I love Morikawa. He's my favorite guy on tour right now to watch, to root for. So I love that pick. He's I wasn't going to burn another. I wasn't ready to burn that big of a name uh, yet. I'm hoping to uh, save him for maybe a major uh, or, or some of these other big tournaments that we have left. Uh, going on so uh but i love the pick he deserves to be i i would say i wouldn't i mean i definitely would not be shocked if he's the outright winner of this tournament because he's absolutely money and he's never he's never really off his game i don't uh, i mean very rarely you really so just, he's been you don't really consistent. see dog shit tournaments out of him so he's a pretty safe play and again i think he has got a pretty good chance to be the outright winner so no no doubts with your pick there. I'm going to go with a guy that's actually been <clears throat> pretty damn strong all season. Uh, last week, or no, sorry, at the Honda Classic, had a five-shot lead going into Sunday. Finished that day with a plus four and ended up three shots off the lead, and that is Daniel Berger. Still, even with that, even with that plus... <laughs> the Daniel Berger shop. Uh even with that plus four and blowing that lead, he still, or that plus four on Sunday and ended up losing, uh, you know, a number of strokes because the the winner did end up uh, going under par that day. But he did still finish fourth in that tournament, even with a four over. So, again, had a five st- have had a five stroke lead, just completely fell apart Sunday. But he's been playing pretty strong golf all season, and I'm ready to I'm ready to roll with him. Last year, finished tied tied for ninth. Uh, six shots off the lead, and really that came down to his round, his first round on on that Thursday last year, where he finished two over. But his next three rounds, he finished four under, one under, and then five under on that Sunday. So his last three rounds that he's played in the players, really solid golf, and I, you know, he's been awesome this whole season so far to start off, and I'm riding it. Awesome. No, I, I absolutely love that pick from the state of Florida. Very familiar with Florida courses. And no, that's that's a fantastic pick. So and I would he, assume that he knows how to play, you know, again, being born in Florida. I would assume he knows how to play in some of these crappy, rainy conditions, whether he's playing in it or he's just used to some of these, you know, like you had mentioned with the way these balls are probably just going to sit down once they hit the ground. He's going to be used to that. He's going to be used to chipping where he may have balls that are you know a little you know having a you might end up with some of these huge divots with how how soft these grounds might end up being so he's gonna be he's used to the conditions and he's been hot i'm gonna ride it awesome yeah a couple other guys i had obviously used billy horschel a couple weeks back he had a fantastic week last week so he's somebody that if i was throwing money down this weekend i don't know what his odds are at but he'd be somebody that i'd look at just being a bigger tournament being from florida and then I was tempted to, I think if I didn't go Callum Morikawa, I was going to be going Victor Hovland. Hovland's been on absolute fire lately, had a fantastic week last week, didn't come away with the win, but finished in the top five. So he was another guy I was eyeing up, but again, wanted to uh, save him for a little bit later on as well. It's kind of the same thing I'm thinking with Hov too. Could have, could have used him. He deserves to be in that top five, uh, you know, in terms of the betting odds, but I felt pre- I'm feeling pretty good about Burger this week, and I think your pick with Morikawa would not be surprised if you end up taking the lead back over from me. That's the goal. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> but appreciate everybody. Stay tuned yes. for next week's episode. Yes, absolutely. Find out. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this episode of Dead Arm Sports. We can be found at Dead Arm Sports Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook. If you want to follow us on our individual socials, we can be found at DosGel, at DosJPEC. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Send us in a screenshot of that review. Get you some sticker swag sent out in the mail. Gel, hit us with those socials. They can uh, find us on a little platform action for listening. Little platform nation here. Uh, Anchor.fm on the web or just use the Anchor or just search Anchor on your Apple App Store or Google Play. Anchors where we do all of our editing and, you know, all punch in all these sound effects, the ads that you guys love and adore. Kissing here. titties. So, kiss- <laughs> 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 
They also allow us to present this uh, this masterpiece to you on for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Pods. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever your chosen listening platform is. And uh, take a screenshot of that written review. Send it to us on our Twitter or Instagram at DeadArmSports or into the direct messages on our Facebook page just by searching Dead Arm Sports. We will hook you up with some Dead Arm sticker action. Send us in any questions that you have. We did get a listener question while we were recording here, so we will answer that on tomorrow's nice. podcast. Looking forward to that. And again, have a big show for you tomorrow. Sneak peek. We're going to be talking a couple more tidbits. Kissing titties. On the NFL, have some Deshaun Watson news to discuss. And then we've been teasing it for a while and just had some news pop up that took priority over it, but Jell and I are going to dive back into the combine from last weekend and talk some conference tournaments and what we are looking forward to in the NCAA basketball world. So we'll have a big show for you tomorrow. Check us back out. Tell a friend. They're going to enjoy it as well. And Jell, close us out. Swim with us on out, you tasty trout.